Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded January 11th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, we review our latest thoughts on the fierce rotation we've been seeing from growth to value and cyclicals so far in 2022. Two big things you need to know. First, we think it's premature to declare the rotation out of growth and back into value and cyclicals over just yet. And second, we've continued to get questions about what to own in a rising rate environment. Our answer here is pretty simple. Sell what's expensive, a list that's still dominated by tech today, and buy what's cheap, a list still full of commodities and financials right now. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major platforms. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one. We think it's premature to declare the rotation out of secular growth into value and cyclicals over just yet. We've been anticipating a strong start to the year for value and cyclicals, followed by a pivot back to growth and secular later in 2022. Normally, value beats growth ahead of the first Fed rate hike and when GDP is trending above average as 2022 is expected to be. But growth tends to beat value post liftoff and when GDP is trending below average, which consensus economic forecasts see as a risk for 2023. There are six indicators that we're watching on these positioning trades that we think will help us identify when it's time to pivot back to secular growth. And most of those, frankly, are still supportive of the cyclical value trade and its outperformance for the moment. The first of these indicators is the timing of Fed rate hikes. If the Fed lifts off in March, the pivot back to growth will happen sooner than the mid-year timing we've been penciling in. But we still got a bit of time before that milestone, especially considering that equity investors have been behind the curve on Fed timing. Recall that before the holidays, but after the Fed meeting, 54% still expected liftoff in 2Q of 2022 in our investor survey. The second indicator is valuations, and this one's pretty simple. Growth still looks quite expensive versus value, and secular growth-oriented sectors still look very expensive versus cyclicals, despite the moves we saw last week. At the sector level, energy and materials still look undervalued versus the broad market, and tech still looks quite overvalued. Financials, though, is a sector we're keeping an eye on right now on the value side of the equation. It's gotten much closer to neutral on our model recently. It's no longer looking deeply compelling. The third indicator we're watching of note is positioning. As of January 4th, the latest data available, NASDAQ futures positioning still looked very stretched among asset managers based on data from CFTC and had actually rebounded back to levels close to 2013-2014 and early 2021 highs. We need to see that unwind before the froth in growth is truly out and a sustained pivot can occur. Those three indicators are all telling us that there's still some room in the value and cyclical trade for further outperformance, even though it's probably less room than what we expected a month ago or so. I mentioned six indicators. Here's the other three we're watching. They're a bit less powerful, but still interesting to note. First, earnings revisions. The rate of revisions to the upside is actually favoring growth right now because energy on the value side has seen trends weaken, while on the growth side, consumer discretionary trends have actually improved. Now, we're just starting to get into reporting season later this week, and we'll see if this ends up sticking, but it's interesting to see that this is one indicator actually pointing in favor of growth at the moment. The second is flows. 
And here it's just too early to get a read on what's going on in 2022 yet. But it is worth keeping a close eye on flows because last year what we saw is that early in 2021, value flows got off to a much stronger start than growth. That helped sustain the value trade in the first few months of the year, but value flows did lose steam as we got closer to the summer, enabling growth to resume leadership. And the third of the second set of indicators is 10-year yields. We've been bumping up against recent highs on the 10-year yield of late, but our rate strategy team does see further upside to 2.2% at year-end 2022. If our rate strategy team is right on that, ultimately there's another leg in the value trade, even if we do see the 10-year move take a little bit of a breather in the short term. Let's move on and wrap up with big takeaway number two. We've been continuing to get questions about what sectors to own in a rising rate environment. And the chart we keep sending to people is one that we've published many, many times. It shows how financials and energy, last week's two top performing sectors in the S&P 500, have shown the strongest tendency to outperform when the 10-year yield is rising post-financial crisis, along with materials and industrials. As we've been sending this chart around, we've also been telling investors we wouldn't just focus on sectors in addressing this question, however. Rather, as we highlighted back in December, we think it's important to note that it's really the cheapest stocks that tend to outperform the most expensive stocks when interest rates are on the rise. Today, it just so happens that energy and financials do remain well represented on the list of the cheapest names, which we define as those that fall into the bottom quintile within the Russell 1000 on a simple FY2 PE ranking. Meanwhile, technology remains well represented on the list of the most expensive names, which we define as those that fall within quintile 1 on the same ranking. All that was true before last week's route, and all that remains true today. Once that does change, it will help to illustrate how the opportunity in certain value sectors has been exhausted and how a new opportunity has returned to certain growth sectors like tech. But quite simply, we're just not there yet. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, for deep dives into specific sectors with RBC's team of equity analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Music